Hello and welcome back to the Weekend Spread, the Schooner Pod's weekly pick show. As always, we per- we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and TPPN. My name is Bobby Howard and joining me as always are Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain, Bowden Blake. Look, guys, week one is all about survival. Going from on paper to on field is always tricky and uh, every dub counts. Ty and I split the first week, five and five. Jameson was just behind at five and six and Blake ran into rough waters at three and seven. So, look, Blake, before, before you answer for your 30% win percentage, I want to know, how was your trip to Boulder for TCU uh, Colorado? Boulder was honestly such an incredible atmosphere to start the game. Uh, got there early to make sure to get the sunset behind the mountains. The stadium itself is, like, kind of falling apart at the seams. It was built in the 20s, and it, like, still has the troughs. I, like, while using the trough in the bathroom, a glass panel almost hit me in the head. So, it, in the glass, like, if you open the glass above it, you could just look out onto the field, like, onto the stadium. It's, like, a wild, it's a wild atmosphere, but honestly, like, it was one of those bucket list things for me to go watch. The Colorado fans, honestly, were pretty, like, mean and a little nasty, which I liked. Like, I liked that edge. They they were horrible last year, and they were still acting like they did, so I was fine with it. I sat uh, in front of me with some Baylor fans that were talking crap, which I don't know why they were there. Uh, behind me was some diehard Colorado fans from probably, like, the 80s and 90s, like, the good old days, and, like, had the most incorrect takes about the game, but, like, that, I, like, I kind of loved it. Like, I was in my element, haters all around me, but it was a great game. Uh, I wanted to jump off a bridge during the first half, but second half rebound, it was fine. Had a great time. So, definitely suggest if y'all get a chance to go to Boulder, you have to do it. I gotta say, waking up and um, seeing that TCU turn it on that second half and hit that cover, great feeling. Nothing better than seeing that that cover hit. But, um, yeah, the rest of your week sounded, looked pretty, pretty rough, though, so... Uh, yeah, it, it was it was miserable. I think Thursday and Friday were great gambling days for me, and then Saturday hit, and Appalachian State, UNC kind of set the tone for the day, and it was just, it was bad takes all over. I think I had UNT, who lost by 30. Uh, I bet USF against BYU, and they got blown out by like 50 points, so I read the board completely wrong, but that's good. That means I just need to kind of tweak some things. If I'm like close enough, then the reads are the reads are like are hard to adjust. But now I just need to do a complete 180 of what I was doing. Oh no! Here we start. We're starting it. We're starting it. It's just, it's just. He says, "I just need to make a couple tweaks," and then continues on to say, "I need to make a complete 180." So it is. Everybody in my everybody in my ear like has been like. You can't overreact to week one. It's week one for a reason. Like, the first time we're seeing football. But then when I was going through and doing my analysis of these picks, I definitely overreacted for about, like, 70% of them. So I'm just going to join that bandwagon because obviously where I was at was not working. Fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, Jameson, you and Blake both picked Texas State minus one as your wild card last week. Uh, They lost to Nevada by 24. Do you have any regrets? Oh, we pick them at plus one. Let's just let that be known. And it changed to minus one one and a half at the um, kickoff time. Might have honestly moved even farther, but that was like was mm, around OU kickoff time. And let it be known that that line traveled double digit points and we still got slaughtered on it. (laughs) It hurts. It really hurt. I've dealt with this heartbreak before with Texas State. I know what I'm going through. We've gone through tough times together. I'm not going to hold anything against them. 
and we'll just see how it goes this season. Like Blake said, you know, you never know what will happen. It's just week one. So let's not throw them in the trash just yet. Look, after the couple of years we've seen out of them, they've only won one time on the weekend spread. Uh, actually, twice. They've won once as a, as a wild card, and then the other time they uh, beat Baylor, uh, you know, against the spread uh, last season. Oh, so, um, don't worry. Yeah, we'll the, get them next week. Oh, yeah. No, we'll get – Boko's showing back up on the slate as a main pick. But, Ty, sorry to it, – it took you. It took me long enough to get to you. We split the lead last week, but you lead the overall standings due to your edge in week zero. How are you feeling? Uh, I, I, I got to give the current uh, leader of the table his time. How are you feeling? Yeah, so I, I do want to make it clear. In years past, I've been known for shooting from the hip on these picks, which I am still doing to, to some extent. I have some that are still sort of game time decisions, and I let the stream of consciousness and the flow in the episode decide for me. You know, admittedly, sometimes there's some picks that I'm split on. And I, I got to go a certain way just for the content. Not saying that we're, we're not fake or scripted in any way, but if it comes down to the deciding factor of, can I pick this team and then also be fading Jamison or Blake or someone and cause them to get pissed off and just add that emotion into the podcast, but then also our daily lives, then I'll take that. But I, I do have a methodology this year, but I, I would say that I'm, I'm not in any way confident. I know the reasoning behind my picks, but like Blake said, when people were talking about week one and week zero, you really still don't know. There were some teams where the it seems uh, so far that the, the preseason expectations are being met. Arkansas comes to mind. I think the preseason evaluations of Arkansas were very accurate, and we saw that against the tough opponent here. Uh, but there's also some teams like OU, Ohio State, seem to be finding their way. Uh, Clemson seem to be finding their way potentially. So there, there's a whole lot more. I don't know how many conclusions can be driven from week zero and week one. All that being said, it feels really good. Personal goal of mine is for everyone to be above 500. Uh, so I'm at least above 500 right now. That's that's sort of my floor for myself. And it feels good to be up because I'm very, very afraid of our 999 punishment. So uh, <laughs> I'm not getting a big head about it. I, I'm living this season in fear. Uh, of this punishment. So I'm not happy about being first, but I sure am happy about having just a few game lead coming into week two. Hey, that's all that matters. And, and again, in a way, just avoiding the punishment is all that matters. So I, I feel that for sure in terms of overreacting and, you know, over projecting, like I feel like the biggest example for me was that uh, Illinois Wyoming game immediately boosted Illinois uh, <laughs> against Indiana. They were a flop. Uh, so it's like, you know what the issue is? Know. It's probably they had Wyoming. That controlled for a long time, Bobby. I, I feel like Illinois kind of lost that at the end. What I would. Okay. I'm not saying that it was, you know, an absolute flop. I was really down on, I, I'm down on Indiana for one. Um, I think, you know, they just lost a lot, you know, our, our boy or our guy, Michael Penix, but you know, you, you're, you're right. They didn't control it, but it shouldn't have been. It, it shouldn't have, you know, been. You sh they shouldn't have been in a scenario where Indiana could, you know, take a seventy-five yard drive down there out of nowhere and, you know, make, you know, get the win. And then Wyoming, I, I decided to fade them, and uh, you know, pick Tulsa. Tulsa lost in overtime straight up. So overreaction city. That Tulsa line moved by like eight or nine points too in Tulsa's favor. Like it was a bad week for the like people that were trying to hammer. It was. Particularly Nevada and Wyoming trying to fade them got gutted. Okay, it was, me. It was bad. It was bad. You know, but, when I um, 
Go ahead, Ty. I do want to say, I, I forgot to say this, before we roll into our slate that we're about to jump into, what a tremendous, it was. it's rough, and I think anyone that is seriously doing, because again, betting-centric podcast here on the Weekend Spread, anyone that's doing uh, sports gambling or betting seriously knows how risky these early seasons when you don't know uh, the teams, and especially when you're talking college, you don't have this this breadth of experience and resume, even the most junior NFL player, you can look back on their, their years in college. There's so many just stars that have yet to emerge and all sorts of new stuff. You know, it's risky betting, but my goodness, what a tremendous week for football, just as a fan. I didn't get to say this on our schooner pod wrap because we keep it OU focus and we keep it off the gambling over there. That's, that's our analysis of and uh, reactions to OU games. If you guys want to go check that out, but this was just so Oh my goodness, these games were even the ones I got burned on the LSU game, for example. I had them. I think we had them at minus three and a half. Don't care whatsoever that I missed the bet on that game because I did bet on it outside of our our gentleman's game here. But what a what a game. ESPN or not ESPN, but NCAA football instant classic. Just you could not have wished for a better. I think this has got to be, certainly looking back, one of the best opening weeks of college football, at least in a long, long time, if not ever. Yeah. And that backyard brawl was awesome. Like a, a great Thursday night game to start it all off. Um, you know, just across the board, really fun football across just awesome stuff. And I kind of think we have a good week two slate as well. So I don't know about y'all. Let's get this thing going. We're going to move us into order here. Ty as the leader, he goes up here. Blake is bringing up the rear uh, over there, you know, swabbing the poop deck last in, in the standings. And then me and Jason sandwich in the middle tied. Uh, so, all right. A reminder, all of our lines were locked in this afternoon and are provided by our partner at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to check them out if you are in a state that uh, carries them with a promo code TPPN. A lot of really great action there. A lot of really good stuff for the NFL that we'll uh, drop in our ad, ad reads. So, like, for example, I have a promotion going on, Blake, where if if your team goes up 10 points, you automatically win the bet at any point. Oh, I love that. That is tasty. That is a yeah. fun bet. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if you can do it, you know, jump on in. Jump in on that. That's it's good stuff. But enough preamble. We've been rambling for about 10 minutes now. Let's start out with our first matchup. we got the Tennessee Volunteers headed up to Pittsburgh, who are riding high after a backyard brawl win over West Virginia. Look, Vegas apparently wasn't that impressed as the Panthers are a seven-point home dog against the Vols. So, Ty, like I said, as the leader in the clubhouse, let's get this pulled up. You start us off. Who you got? Yeah, so this is a this is an easy one for me personally. I got burned last week picking against Pitt, but that being said, I pick with I I can't reveal. I'll reveal it at the end of the season because I think it's funny. But I do have, like I said, a methodology. I call it the Enron method. Yes, that Enron, the one you're thinking of, is the namesake for it. Uh, and I applied it to this game. But one of the standout things, while not necessarily a wicket on that. On, it, within that methodology is the fact that Tennessee has just such a buy-in. If you go to not a free ad, but if you go to fanatics, you can buy a $10,000 gold and diamond bejeweled Tennessee football helmet on fanatics. I'm not talking about like a niche thing. Like it's something that is being put in like a big, like big store because it just has, they wouldn't put it there if it wasn't selling. It's like an item in stock. It's not like a custom order. The, the buy-in from Tennessee fans is absurd. Uh, I got to give Josh Heupel some credit, and uh, it's it's SEC versus uh, I think Pitts and the Big Twelve. So give me Tennessee. 
I they probably still make you pay shipping on that at Fanatics. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they'd find a way. They'd find a way. Yeah, I, look, let me add it to the cart and I'll see real quick. <laughs> Here, okay, so here's my thing with this. Uh, I was, as y'all know, longtime listeners and viewers will know, I'm a big pick guy. Love the pit super weapon. Love when it gets weird. Uh, mainly because I think I fell in love with the Kenny Pickett pit, you know, where there was some fun action. They did throw the ball. It was a good time. I forgot that they reverted to Pat Narduzzi, like just slugfest garbage football. Uh, and, it, you know, it, they almost lost against West Virginia. They probably should have lost. But, you know, football's weird. Tides turn. Um, but that was a very unpleasant viewing experience for me. And uh, one I don't really want to go with. I, I swore to myself after that I'm never going with Pitt again, even though they only lost by, you know, the hook uh, gambling wise. I just don't feel them. I, I, I think they, they've gotten too nar, nar, they, they've gotten too Narduzzi-ish. And because of that, I really, I'm going with Tennessee here. I think Josh Heupel has them headed in the right direction. That offense is explosive. I think it's enough to really, really set off, get a win here on the road at, um, you know, not Heinz Field. I don't, who knows what they called it now. Um, but um, I'm going to go with the uh, Volunteers minus seven. Yeah, Jason? I can see that. I really do. Um, it's kind of a tough one, but here's for me. I understand Pitt might have looked ugly to y'all on tape whenever y'all were watching that because you were on the Pitt side, and that wasn't a really good start um, going against West Virginia. But one thing I did see is I felt like Pitt's defensive line in front seven caused a lot of problems, and they didn't finish a lot of the plays. But I saw by the eye test, I thought this Pitt team was a lot better than what they showed um, versus West Virginia. Coming into Pittsburgh, I don't feel as confident in Tennessee. If this was in Knoxville, obviously completely different um, game here. I think I'm going to go with Pitt plus seven and go to the other side as I was fading them in week one. There you go. Blake, who do you got? In classic overreaction form, I'm going Tennessee. I came on the ACC pod earlier this year and was talking about, oh, yes, the defensive line for Pitt's so great. Top five in the nation. It's so good. And look what they look what happened that game versus West Virginia, who I came on the Big 12 pod and was like, this team really isn't that good. Like, JT Daniel, like, kind of elevates them, but they'll probably be a bottom-of-the-pack Big 12 team, and they scorched them. 400 yards, uh, close to 200 on the ground, like, that defensive line was supposed to do better and just didn't do anything. And kind of like what Bobby said about Pat Narduzzi, like he tried to establish the run so much that game, but it was never successful at any point. And it just puts him in an awkward situation where then like Kiran Slovis has to save it through his arm, but it's like they're obviously deviating from their game plan when they started. So I am worried. I saw this line, and I'm like, what does Vegas know? I thought Pitt would be the easy bet here, especially with the line moving to seven. But I like Hinden Hooker, this electric offense coming in. Worries me a little bit. Pat Narduzzi's good with underdogs. But after what I saw last week, it's just I can't get over the fact that that defensive line didn't show up. So give me Tennessee in the points. Yeah, and I think overall this game is a very unsettling one. I don't think any of us feel super strong about it. Maybe Jameson does. I don't know. But uh, let's move on to our next game. Uh, a Island newly minted top. A new he, he, Island Boys went three and one last week, uh, which is a pretty good mark. I think the only loss was uh, who 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 lost on the island last. It, it, it was probably me. <laughs> Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame won. Um, 
uh, obviously Pit won. And then the other island boy was, uh, I think, I think Ty won on something. I can't remember that. Anyways, doesn't matter. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Oregon, all Georgia. three of you guys. My goodness, Georgia being for an organic opportunity the, to bring that the up. only island was Cincinnati with Blake, which he lost. Yep, yes, Blake and lost it was Cincinnati so close, by, so close. <laughs> but but no, yeah. How did the that Oregon Georgia game was the definition of playing yourself? We we all all played ourselves. Uh, that was that was painful to watch. But it's okay. At least only one person benefited from it. So I'll give him that. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point in, during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the Schooner Pod. But, all right, this one, newly mentioned top 25 matchup. Uh, Kentucky heading to the Swamp, where the Gators are favored by four and a half, fresh off of a massive, massive win against Utah. Blake, who do you like here? You know who I'm choosing here. Give me the Gators. I've been telling y'all for about a year, Anthony Richardson is the man. And look, he got his Heisman moment starting at the beginning of the year with Utah. I know I was backing Utah, but my goodness, can this man run? Can this man pass? He can do everything on the football field. I love Anthony Richardson. And I don't care who else is on that Florida team because that's all they need. And Kentucky... Won a lot of close games last year. Got lucky. Will Levis, not high on him. This one's an easy pick for me. Give me the Gators down in the swamp. I don't care about no hangover because no hangover happens when you have Anthony Richardson. All right. Hey, hey, big I, love I for like AR that. there. I, I knew <laughs> that there was going to start to be some overreaction in the college football world if Florida goes in and wins, or I guess <laughs> stays at home and wins this game. But Blake's been overreacting to Anthony Richardson for a long time. I'm not picking Florida because of Anthony Richardson. I think I'm just going against Kentucky because I feel like they have this reputation that they keep things close. And, you know, they have Will Levis and all the games with Kentucky, you shouldn't think that it's going to be a blowout. Four and a half points is honestly, you know, a lot of people will be saying, oh, that's not bad for Kentucky. Going into the Swamp was obviously very tough for Utah, a very talented team. So what's telling me that Kentucky's not going to also have trouble in the Swamp? And let it be known, Will Levis threw an interception versus Miami of Ohio, and they only won by 24 points last week. Give me Florida. I also share the optimism about the Florida Gators here. Uh, I've been a big Billy Napier guy on this you know, just on the show overall when he was at ULL. And, you know, I, I think his Florida program is in the right direction. I see this as a momentum thing, less than a hangover thing. And, you know, if you look at the history of the Florida Florida program against Kentucky, you know, Kentucky has won, what, two out of the past four years, right? 
But other than that, they that those are the only wins since 1987. So Florida kind of has a chokehold on this on this rivalry. I expect them to get back to winning ways and uh, get this cover here in the swamp. For, for me, this is a momentum game, less of a hangover game. I think it, Anthony Richardson uh, gets another big mark towards uh, being a bit of a dark horse Heisman guy. So give me the Gators four and a half. So I'll go, I'll go quick strike here. One, I was completely wrong about Florida last week. I will admit that I I was down on them. I had uh, past years of Florida in my mind. Anthony Richardson deserves his credit. Great performance. I think I also overestimated the Utah a lot. Um, yeah, I, 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 okay, I, like, I will disagree because people are going to come out here saying that like Utah wasn't good enough. Utah played an incredible game and lost it close right at the end. They weren't able to convert to like within the 10-yard line goal situations, and that's the reason why they lost. Like Utah yeah. almost won that game, and I think like – Obviously, are they right now the fourth best team in the nation? No, which is what like some people were, like me were saying. But like at the end of the day, they still played a hell of a game. It wasn't like it was an Oregon situation where they got blown out. They were in that game till the end, and it was just one play that really kind of decided it. Yeah, but we're also talking about uh, Utah was a team that everyone, or well, at least I was on the Utah potential playoff run train, and then Florida was a team that people were like, oh, they might get they might get second, probably third in their division. So uh, maybe it's an SEC thing. But uh, yeah, I like I like the Gators in this one, just straight up. Uh, but my third point real quick was I'm not super jumping on the Anthony Richardson train. He did some amazing, amazing things against Utah. But uh, I think that stuff is not going to continue to fly. I don't think the, the jump past 360 thing is going to work against the Georgia Bulldogs. So I think there's going to be some, some moments of, of embarrassment, but this is not going to be one of them. Give me the Gators. Yeah, oh, uh, state of Florida. State of Florida. Ooh, great week for the state of Florida. High on them. In football. In football. Yes. Yeah. They, I mean, a lot of dubs out in Florida right now. So, uh, they may be back, but all right. Weirdly enough, those are the only two games on our slate that do not involve Big 12 teams. The rest of the way is uh, Big 12 and, you know, of course, the wild card. So let's start this thing off in Lubbock, where we have the ranked Houston Cougars heading to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who are favored by three, uh, a team we've pretty, pretty been pretty down on, I think, in preseason, have faded a bit. Um and Houston, fresh off of a, I think, double, triple overtime game against UTSA, got the win. But any fatigue here? Ty, what do you think? I gotta, I gotta do it. I think, I think I'm gonna be an on, on an island here, even though uh, I think I was higher on tech than everyone else in our sort of Big 12 preseason. But you know where I'm going with this? Give me Dana Holgerson and the Houston. Uh, I think they're the Bearcats to take the co- take the cover against just Texas Tech. And just to clarify, this is not this is not a bit. I do think that we're going to see a sort of a rivalry develop here between these two teams. I, I think they're going to be pretty similarly matched throughout their their times in the future in the Big Twelve. And I think that maybe, hopefully, we get some animosity and some stuff that sets the scene for what could be a cool, you know, inner Texas rivalry because you know baylor has tcu and uh you know texas has ou ou has texas 
So the only really the Texas teams that don't have rivals are A and M and and Tech, and they're not going to be playing each other. So give me uh, give me Houston to uh, to be a rival with Tech, but also very confusing. Give me Houston to cover. Fair enough, and you know that I could I'm all in on that rivalry, and I think it's going to be pretty pretty heated in uh, Houston, where it's like half of the half of the people there, you know, it's commuter school, and then the other half are like the just kind of the dumb kids in Houston who deranged have, like, lunatics that reside in the desert that think their well, program is nationally relevant. That's what they are. Yeah, the, the the dumb kids in Houston who are like the desert of Houston. No, no, the dumb kids in Houston who are like, well, I can only get into Texas Tech, so I'm going to go to Texas Tech and then move back to Houston when I'm done. So those home games are going to be pretty intense because there'll be a lot of Tech fans. Uh, I'm sure everyone's – hopefully the Tech fans don't find us because I want my comment section to be lit up with a bunch of cacti. Uh, Blake, I'm sure you're out on that as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess I did just call a lot of them dumb, so that's not great. I'm Look, Ty – you're going to have a buddy on this island here. I'm also rolling with Houston here. Uh, I I feel like they're a little undervalued here. Um, I, I I feel like anytime someone gets into trouble with UTSA, you know, people get to get worried. I think UTSA is damn good. Uh, going into the Alamo Dome can be tricky. So I think Houston, uh, you know, goes into Lubbock, gets a big win here and gets that cover. Um, so give me, give me the Cougs minus three. Bobby, I got a question for you. Who's Texas Tech's starting quarterback in this game? Uh, so well, that Bowman, Bowman guy, right? Definitely not <laughs> Alan Bowman. Last time I saw, he was at Michigan. Uh, so Ooh, put him on the spot. Let me let me give you a history lesson. You know, whenever we were talking in the uh, Big Twelve preview, how I was so out on Tyler Shaw that made me feel so confident in Texas Tech being number nine. Guess what? Yeah. He went out with a shoulder injury. Guess who came in? The guy that I really like, Donovan Smith. Now, Donovan Smith going to probably be the starter for the next couple games. I like Texas Tech now, and I am picking them minus three, baby. Um, if this was Tyler Shaw, I'd be on the Houston Island, quote unquote, with y'all. But it looks like I am on an island, and I am hoping that I will have a friend. Actually, you know what? Blake is cold. He's super cold. I don't want to bring his snow to my island. Leave me as an island boy, Blake. Pretty please. The, the Houston situation is more of a like a peninsula right now. But Blake, who do you got? That is all right. I'll leave Jameson on that island because we know Woo-hoo! from the Big 12 preview yeah. that I hate the Red Raiders this year. I'm on them under five and a half wins, win totals, and this game, this line makes no sense to me. Look, U of H, the only thing you can say about them is they struggled versus UTSA last week. And that's granted. But honestly, I think playing in the Alamo Dome right now is harder than playing at ATT Stadium in Lubbock. The deranged Texas Tech fans have been on this crusade this entire summer trying to make it seem like their home field advantage is so incredible that they're able to go out to other away stadiums and really fill it. But let's be honest, nobody goes to their home games. They're like eighth, I think, in average attendance when it comes uh, to the Big 12. And the only reason why they want to come to the TCU game is everybody lives in the DFW area and doesn't want to go to Lubbock home games. So I really don't think the home game uh, factor is really anything here. Uh, if you go down key positions, I think the defense, although U of H didn't play well last week, their defense is better than Tex. I think Clayton Toon is a better quarterback than whoever Jameson's weird second stringer that he believes in. Uh, like, like, Jameson has played great last year. Come on, you know that. Great, great. Barely, barely. Like, this is what, this is the <laughs> Tech so delusion. 
The tech delusion syndrome is like, we went six and six last year, we can only go up. No, you can't. Your schedule's harder. You're just like, you, like, the teams in the Big 12 can't get better while y'all get, like, just stay the same. So, I'm out on tech. Gimme the Houston Cougars. They're better at quarterback, they're better at wide receiver, they're better at defense, all the things that matter. Gimme the, uh, gimme the Cougars. Uh, Ty, what, what you got going on here? Oh, that is that a cacti? I just have this cactus. Yeah, keep in mind I picked Houston here, uh, but I just and this is completely unrelated. It's been sitting here it was a school project. Yeah, this is a University a of Oklahoma project. education <laughs> right here. Uh, it really was. Uh, Remember when Bobby five, called five Tech five the minutes, dumb kids? Yeah, five minutes. To, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, that yeah, really isn't helping our it argument. Was, it certainly was hey. the uh, the pot call in the kettle. But um, you don't even want to know what I made for my capstone project. Get, was it also a cactus? <laughs> well, I my capstone project, I was in this biology course and we had to make a fake ecosystem. And mine was essentially like the giant worms from the Star Wars universe. Um, and we made a video with these giant worms filled with, um, filled with pantyhose, uh, cotton stuff, and drove around in little RC cars. Um, and I made a little movie trailer with it. And that's what I did for my capstone project as a biology major in college. Jeez. Um, okay. Wow. All, all right. We are just telling on the University of Oklahoma over here, man. This is uh, <laughs> this looks honestly worse on OU than anything. But anyways, moving on. We got our next game. Maybe the game of the weekend. Baylor traveling to Provo to take on BYU and they uh, in an actual yet again an actual Big Twelve future matchup. Um, BYU is favored by three and a half here. So I think that's pretty interesting. Blake, Baylor gave you a law degree. Are you going to give him the cover here? I am. There is no way I'm fading Baylor in this instance. And as the closeted Baylor fan on the pod, uh, I just... closeted. You went to Baylor. Oh my God, he admitted it. You are not a closeted Baylor fan. That is absurd to say. You are an alumni of the school. Yes, but one that I don't cheer much for, but there's a few teams that I'll actually cheer for Baylor over, and one of those is the BYU Cougars. Um, There's actually a lot of logic, not just pure hatred behind this pick. Uh, BYU is probably going to be without Gunnar Romney, Mitt Romney's niece, nephew, son. I don't even know at this point. Gunnar? Gunnar? Gunnar Romney? I I heard Gunnarima. Wouldn't his niece's nephew's son be his it's... grandchild? Some dis- <laughs> we don't know. We don't. I I don't even know how deep the Romney clan goes. Like at this point, like we could be talking about great great grandbabies. I don't know. He's related to Mitt Romney in some way, and we know that. But uh, they're without him, and maybe they're uh, running back Puka. Uh, so those are two key key pieces on Baylor's and or BYU's end that are really key pieces to their offense. And then after watching Blake Shapin, I know against Albany this past week, he looks really, really good. And, uh, if anything with what Gary Bohannon showed against BYU, it's a major upgrade. Uh, and lastly, Jeff Grimes knows this team, the Baylor OC. He used to coach at BYU for a long time, so... I think we're going to see a similar result to last year. I think people are heavily underrating Baylor here just because of their uh, off-season losses and stuff like that. But I think three and a half points is way too much. This could easily be like, this. if BYU wins on a game-winning field goal, I'll win this bet. So give me uh, Baylor. 
That hook's dangerous. Jameson, what do you think? This is one of those classic lines. Like, I look at it and go, how? Like, I was expecting to see Baylor as the favorite. Like, I'm very confused here. And with Blake saying, like, the possible outed, like, with Puka or whatever their um, running back, I remember watching him last year. He was pretty talented. Um, I just don't see it. Things just seem weird. And everyone says, you know, always bet opposite if it's a really weird, obvious line because there's something you don't know. But I, I just – I'm not feeling it. I just feel like we're all going to pick Baylor here because we just know so much about them. Come on, Bobby. Yeah, no, no. Join the I, dark – go to the dark side. I know you want to. <laughs> hey, I'm improving. I'm improving, making steps here. I see what you mean. I see what you mean by, like – that, that hook though is killing me. I, if you're actually betting this, I, I would actually buy you know, buy that half point. I, I think that's worth it. I it. can't shake the feeling that I really like BYU here at home. I I know they they lost pretty badly to uh, Baylor on the road in Waco, but to me, I feel like that fan base is so excited for the Big Twelve, so excited to join that conference that they're going to show out in force here. Really try to get like. You know, I, I don't know, all their Mormon energy into it, get really pumped for it. I, I just, I can't shake the feeling they're going to win this game. Um, I don't, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I just think they win by about six. Uh, that hook's killing me. But I, if I had to pick it, I, I like the home, I like the home field. I like the home energy. And, you know, this being like their, I feel like they've they beat good Big 12 teams in Provo before, you know, looking at I think they beat Texas there a couple of years ago. And I know history doesn't matter, but this is the type of game they're going to get up for. I think they beat Baylor here. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's tricky, though. I, I don't like that. I don't like that hook. It's it's giving me the heebie jeebies, but I like the uh, I like the home home magic here going on in Provo. So Ty, what do you think? Yeah, I'll just be straight. I I agree with something that Jameson sort of touched on. I think that maybe it's a familiarity bias uh, with us with Baylor, but I've I've been a known sort of, I don't even think I've been a downer of Baylor necessarily. I'm sure it's come off that way. You picked them last in the Big 12 last year. That That is is the most downer you could ever be on them. This sounds goofy. I legitimately completely forgot about them. And I was way in too deep at that point, and I had to make it seem like it was on purpose, and I had to ride with it. So you know, we start uh, with ten, just, right? Yes, Kansas is the easy pick. You can always start from no, because I tied you. myself. I tied myself to the believing in Kansas thing. Speaking of Kansas, you guys had me scared when you said Puka because I don't follow BYU, and I was like, oh goodness, how, how in Puka the world? Williams still here, uh, but yeah. that would have been a that would have been a big key player, but um. Baylor, I'm known to I'm known to make this about coaches a lot of the times. I'll say it right now, and this might be a cold take. This might be a far out take. I hope somewhere there's a Baylor fan listening to this that loves me after saying this. I think Dave Aranda could be the next Nick Saban, if not the next. Uh, if Urban Meyer could behave, Urban Meyer. I think he's a guy that can build championship winning programs wherever he goes if he's given the tools to to make it happen. I don't, unfortunately, not trying to talk down on Baylor, but they're they're not that guy. Powell, but I, I think Dave Aranda has a really, really bright future ahead of him. Uh, and I like Baylor in this one. I, I'm known to be down on them again, but I just think, uh, you know, I would have expected, um, I know three and a half is a pretty small line in the grand scheme of things, but I was kind of expecting Baylor to be favored in this one as well. It doesn't, I think we're given a lot of value to BYU's home field. I don't know how much that's going to be a, 
uh, a factor, but I like, I really like Baylor in this one. So give me the bears. I will ride with the bears and I will ride with, uh, with Dave Aranda. There you go. A lot of confidence in Baylor this week. So I am an Island boy on for my uh, Cougars. There we go. Moving on to the next one. Ty, it's your team. They're coming to Oklahoma. The Arizona State Sun Devils, one of uh, Ty's, like, this is might be his fourth, fifth, second team. I don't know. But this is the one he talks about most. Sun Devils coming to Stillwater, and the Cowboys favored by 11 after a bit of a gnarly backdoor cover there uh, in that Central Michigan game. So, so Ty, how you feeling about your Sun Devils? Uh, are you excited here, and do you think they uh, – do you think they have a little bit of chance to make a little bit of mischief in Stilly? So I think they have a chance, but I think realistically, no. I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. Uh, they do this one, one of these. Uh, is it outboard? Is it inboard or outboard? I know it's single-handed. Uh, whatever they did, Cowboys. they probably still uh, You know, Bobby. Back. Don't act like you don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. I think they had a very embarrassing showing last week but a team that they've lost to in the past. I, I know it was a long time ago, but still that's a team that's always going to perform well. And I think that really the key was OSU showed a, just a terrible defensive performance, but they backed off offensively. This still put up over, that was kind of slurred. They still put up over 50 points on them and they kind of just backed off. I understand they had a really high line that they didn't cover. They still won by double digits. They still won by multiple possessions. And I think they could have stayed on the gas and uh, just continued to rip them. I think they would have continued to let the team that they were playing, Wyoming or someone, score on them. But, uh, yeah, I think they, Oklahoma State could have scored 77, at least in that game last week, had they just turned into just an absolute – I know we don't use the term in football anymore, but just an absolute shootout from the air. It reminds me of the old sloppy days of the Big 12 when it was no defense, all uh, all guns. So give me – the Cowboys in this one, because I think there's much more motive to really throw it all out there against a, a bigger matchup like Arizona state. And I just haven't really seen a whole lot of uh, promise, unfortunately from my, my son devil. So forks up for life, but uh, nothing personal. I got to go with who's going to get the cover. Fair enough. Fair enough. And look, I, I got to say this as well. Like OSU's defense dropped off exactly the way I thought it would. They looked very, very difficult at times. And if it wasn't for that little spurt at the end of the first quarter, into the start of the second quarter, uh, you know, they could have been in actual trouble against Central Michigan, but they weren't. I think they're going to rebound here. I think they're going to get a cover. And primarily because we have so much energy going in our, in our guy, towards our guy, uh, AR, or, sorry, Anthony Richardson from um, Florida. On the inverse, I'm fading Emory Jones, the Florida transfer into Arizona state. I don't like his energy. I have never really been a big fan of him. I think he, uh, I, I think him and the sun devils, you know, that they're, they're a, that's a program that's kind of, you know, on a, on a long haul towards, uh, you know, getting some scholarship bans, uh, getting hit by the NCAA, if that still exists. Uh, so I don't know. I think OSU rebounds, they want to prove themselves and they get, uh, this win in the cover. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Oklahoma State here, but their defense, that hurt. That really, really hurt last week. It, you could tell their offense was just very potent. And Spencer Sanders looked like a man amongst boys out there when we were running the ball. Obviously, he was still throwing moon balls, just hoping for some pass interferences. 
um, which is just a classic, but why not? Um, but I, I just, I can't get behind Emory Jones. That's, that's what I got to agree with. I, I like Oklahoma state here by two touchdowns. Yeah, God, I want to be on an island here. I want to be on an island here so bad because honestly that OSU defense was horrendous down the stretch. And I think with like on both sides of the coin, OSU's defensive performance at the end of that game and Ohio State's performance versus Notre Dame, Jim Knowles is a big difference. And I think we're going to see it versus quality opponents this year. But sadly, they haven't got up against some quality opponents yet. Arizona State's not one of them. Emory Jones went up against, uh, who was it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. From my, I think my Big Sky Conference, the Northern <laughs> Arizona Lumberjacks, and only threw 150 oh. yards, which is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, <no>. Which is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, no, really? So, yes. Like, you, and I, I even oh, checked wow. just to make sure. I'm like, 150 yards, that probably means he got pulled at the first quarter. Nope. Only one quarterback registered throws that game. Emory Jones. So I don't trust them. I I don't trust Arizona State. I kind of trust OSU's offense this year. Like I would love a Spencer Sanders for Heisman campaign. Just like get off on a few like three four win game streak right there where he's throwing for four hundred yards. But yeah, I can't trust Arizona State enough. Give me the eleven points, and I'm I can't go on this island. I can't go on this island right now. <laughs> fair enough fair enough and yeah, i think hey, the defense is gonna back bounce back too i was gonna say Go before we move on bobby you brought up a point i know you were joking but uh the more i think about it it might be a legitimate legal strategy by arizona state to just try to outlast the ncaa or the ncaa's authority <laughs> before punishment is lifted on them because they we all know it's coming and the infractions happened a while ago, and it seems like they're just trying to drag their feet until the just NCAA. keep appealing. Just no, keep yeah. appealing. Yeah, yeah. Just... Blake's our attorney here, so I don't. He can he can maybe validate the, the validate the validity. That was a, a good one. Blake, uh, yeah. yeah, Blake, we should get you in contact with a uh, good old Herm Edwards there. See what we can get. Oh, done. their their situation is just hilarious. It's like all the fans want Herm Edwards gone so bad, but the AD is best friends with Herm Edwards and like refuses to fire him because of that. <laughs> and so like they're facing like allegations that would really hurt their program. And they like honestly, Arizona State has great branding, great location, and they just still won't move on from him. Like they could get a lot better coach with the money they're bringing in probably from their online school but like their ad just loves herm edwards and refuses to move on from him so we're stuck the with herm, this for the time being time the herm being. hire was always bad and then they had like a couple good games and then you realize it's because they were cheating their ass off so uh yeah it's uh you know that's gonna come for him eventually it, it, but it was again, just because of Jaden daniels Oh God, no. Jaden <laughs> daniels was a that was a that was a trip for sure he was a, he was a, I will look at my number one receiver for 0.5 seconds and I'm going to tuck that ball and run. He was not <laughs> looking to pass that ball during that entire game to that last drive. Hey everybody, it's Bobby Howard. And before we start the show, I just kind of want to talk to y'all for a second. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of college football preview podcasts and you know, it's, it's really been great. It's gotten me hyped for the season. And one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. 
Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. You know, I really like the versatility of Raycons. If you're really wanting to lock in, really just immerse yourself in what you're doing, that is where the noise isolation feature comes in. Just block everything out. It's great. But you know what? Sometimes you can't just, you know, shell yourself off. So that's where you go to awareness mode, where you can have some audio come in. You can do errands. You can act like a normal human being and uh, still listen to what you want. So I feel like that's actually pretty great. The Raycons really are great, though, whenever I'm not editing the podcast. Just kick back, listen to some red dirt. Feels like you're right in the middle of Kane's ballroom. It's great. I love it. So look, if you want to be like me, jump on the Raycon train. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. One more time, that is buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Use promo code TPPN15. That's TPPN15. Let's move on to our next game. It's our, one of our favorite rivalries. It's El Asico, Iowa State at Iowa. The Hawkeyes favored by three and a half here. Uh, and Blake, uh, in the light of last last week's game um, for, for the Hawkeyes, where they scored seven points uh, with zero touchdowns. That, that beautiful double safety field goal performance against the uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Shout out to Austin, by the way. My guy should have should have should have backed the Jacks there. I, 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 I missed step on misstepped on that. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Are you how down are you on on the Hawkeyes? I know we faded Iowa State in preseason, but are you down enough to uh, go the Cyclones here? Yeah, I was bad. Like, I was bad, bad. Like, Petrus or whatever his name can't move the ball down the field. Their defense and special teams were the only things that saved them. Scored seven points in, like, the perfectly unique way of two safeties in a field goal, which is just absolute perfection. Yeah, it's bad. And I didn't realize that Iowa, they had, like, three or four transfer receivers that went out of their program. So, like, the few receiving help they did have... Is all gone, and I also didn't realize that uh, Kirk Ferentz's son, I believe Brian Ferentz, is the OC, and they, like, want him out bad, and I don't blame them. Like, they're running an offense that was, like, prevalent 25 years ago, but give me the Hawkeyes. I'm not gonna overreact right here. Matt Campbell, even with his best teams, has never been able to beat this Iowa Hawkeyes team. There's something about that home field advantage that is special, I was listening to a podcast today, and supposedly the stadium and how it's designed just traps all the sound in it. So, like, if the crowd, if the crowd's live, you're not going to be able to hear anything. There's no any X's and O's that I can back this up because their offensive game plan is terrible. Their defense is great. Their special teams are great. They have a good punter, great punter. Give them nice field position. We just got to hope that the defense holds the lines, but give me the Hawkeyes in this. Can they hold back your boy Hunter Deckers, though? 
I think so. I think so. I have faith. I have faith. This is my one discipline, or I might have a few, but my one discipline pick that I'm really going all in. I'm like, I can't overreact to the fact that they played so bad that game. I just can't imagine them recreating it. We've seen Iowa, like, year after year after year put up performances like this that you're just like, oh, Jesus, like, how do they watch this every week? And they end up, like, 8-4 and four at the end of the season. So I'm just hoping yep. for one of those teams this year, and, and I get out of this bet fine. It's a current fair. It's Blake, you, Blake, you mentioned home field advantage. Bobby, do you think the weather, the weather difference is going to play havoc on Iowa State going to Iowa? Oh, screw you. That joke's like <laughs> three years old at this point. Anyways, <laughs> Jameson, who you got? I, Iowa, I guess. Oh, this is gross. I can't believe I'm doing this. Yes. I don't know, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm with Blake on this. No reasoning, and I'm not going to talk for too much longer because I'm just going to pick Iowa and just hope it works out. I, look, here's my thing. Death, taxes, Iowa somehow winning El Asico. They, these things happen, like, will happen every year as long as they exist. Uh, Iowa was about as unconvincing as they could look last week, but at the same time, I just know what they do every single year. They find a way to beat Iowa State, and I, I just I don't see that continuing, especially with this being Iowa State's weakest team in a long time. Um, although, alternatively, this this rivalry is so stupid and so wild at times that, of course, this would be the year Iowa State would win it. Um, we never, but pick no, Iowa. but no, I'm going Iowa here. I I'm just you know, like like Blake said. Sometimes you got to eat your vegetables. You got you got to stay disciplined. You got to go with what works. And uh, over the years, what works is Iowa winning. So give me Iowa. Yeah, you guys, funny enough, everyone hit all my sort of talking points. Discipline pick, doesn't make sense. Have to not discard the week one uh, performance, but you have to you have to understand week one. And and I'm looking at this like a, any sort of serious gambler would do. You got to look at the past performance is not indicative of future results. We all know this, uh, but it it's statistically everything that that we can point to is is pointing to an Iowa win. I think I think it's going to be a big Iowa win in terms of like watching it and the feel, but I think it's also not going to be very much more than three and a half, if that makes sense. So this is going to be one of those. I mean, it's a it's like a stereotypical Midwestern sort of lower tier Big Ten type thing. I understand Iowa State is in the Big 12 uh, and, and obligatory. I'll just mention Matt Campbell because I have to. He's a coward. Uh, he's not a good coach. I don't even know who Iowa's coach is. He's a better coach. So give me the Iowa Hawkeyes. Shout out to Aston Kutcher. I know he's a fan of them. I don't know why I know that. Uh, but I think Iowa takes the win here. Iowa, the Iowa, of, takes the, Iowa takes the cover. It doesn't matter who wins. Yeah. Iowa covers. At the end of the day, it's corn. So we're moving on. We have Missouri. An old Big 8 rivalry. I, uh, I highlighted this one in the preseason. Missouri heading to the Little Apple to take on Kansas State. The Wildcats favored by 7.5. Ty, I'll let you kick this one off. How are you feeling about this? Yeah, this one comes down to really one deciding factor, and you can summarize that factor in four letters. It's corn. It's a big lump with knobs. It's got the juice, and I couldn't imagine a more beautiful thing. And Kansas, the state of Kansas, produces more corn than the state of Missouri. Go figure. And uh, I hate Missouri with a passion. 
Missouri and also Texas State, long story, are why I'm permanently banned from Wikipedia, uh, which is a surprisingly hard <laughs> thing to achieve. Um, Wait, was it by the way, or was by it, the way, was it Texas? By State? the way, well, it, so there was multiple. There were multiple what, issues. What did, uh, what did you? But what, by what the way, uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Doriel Green Beckham, the OU receiver that everyone knows, was a wash in the NFL, but he never once played football at Missouri. He only ever played in college at OU. Uh, well, yeah, but Ty, all that being said, that. Why are you just yeah, there's some other, knows? there's some other analysis, but really this one is, this one's personal. Actually, there's no other analysis. I just said that Missouri state, uh, not Missouri state, Missouri, Kansas state has a better coach, but this one's personal. I, I guess I'm going with the, I'll take the, I'm protecting the shield here. Give me uh K state versus a team that just should not be in the sec, even Vanderbilt. You can make the excuse because they have a cool location and they're academically solid. Missouri has nothing. There's they should be in the Big Ten. They should be, they're just like little Iowa, but lower. They have the arch. That's cool. Has nothing to do with the university. That's literally the only redeeming factor. So give me K-State here. Hey, hey Blake, should we even let Bobby talk here so he can stop talking about K-State for a little bit? I no. know. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for it. <laughs> what what I mean, uh what romance novel do you have for us now, Bobby? Well, I, I for one think, uh, you know, I, I've written a haiku about Chris Kleiman. So, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, maybe I should just take it to a whole separate show on the Schooner Pod where I just 50 shades uh, of sing my praises. <laughs> 50, shades, 50, shades. 50 shades of silvery gray. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, I look, I've been hyping up K-State like this entire offseason, really just forever. Uh, as well as Chris Kleiman. I think, I think K-State really does take a leap here. And um, I think it starts with a win over Missouri. And look, I, I, I don't think there's a ton to say. I've already said a lot about him. I think Deuce Vaughn's very good. I think Adrian Martinez is going to be fine. Maybe not as good as some people think. But I, I, I really just, I, I feel like K-State is good enough, well-coached enough to take out Missouri at home. Uh, and, and gets this win here. So give me give me the Wildcats to uh, take them out. Yeah, I agree. K-State, um, here's the thing. Let's talk about Adrian Martinez for a little bit. He threw for 53 yards versus South Dakota Coyotes. Um, is that concerning? A little bit. But they're playing Missouri, and I don't believe in Missouri at all. This has just been a perennial team that just gets beat down and it's kind of the laughing stop of SEC that isn't talked about enough. Everyone talks about Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt kind of is looking sneaky, pretty decent this season. They might not win, um, you know. I told you all to get all the over two and a half wins. Two and a half yeah, wins looking great. They went it out against Elon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wake Forest. Uh, I'm really excited to watch that game, especially with Hartman playing back. But uh, I just don't believe in Missouri at all. Give me Kansas State here. Fair enough. Blake, who do you got? I had no pick going into this podcast because this game I'm so indecisive on. But honestly, screw Bobby. Give oh, me yes. the Mizzou Tigers. <laughs> yes. Screw that man's love for this dang team. If Adrian Martinez having the lowest QBR in the Big 12 this weekend doesn't decide it for you that Kansas State is not the legit team that people are talking about, then get it out of here. Mizzou... Honestly, good with the run. I know it's against Louisiana Tech. Sonny Cumbie, uh, Matthew Downing, two TCU guys, but uh, great against the run. Honestly, their offense was clicking. 
this this number started out pretty inflated. Like when I had it on my sheet, I think it was at nine. Yep, yeah, nine. Oh, even no nine and a half, and it's already come down to seven and a half. You know the whales are hitting Mizzou. They know that Kansas State is not as good as we think. We know that Chris Kleiman is a worse coach than Dave Aranda, which Bobby somehow believes those are on the two <laughs> the same pedestal as he said last year. I'm not buying into this propaganda. I'm not buying into this BS. Give me the Mizzou Tigers plus seven and a half. This is going to be bad, but I don't care. we got to draw a line in the sand right now. Kansas State is not that good. For the record, for the record, Adrian Martinez only threw 15 times. He went 11 for 15 on those 53 yards. So it's not like they were trying. 11 completions for yeah, 53 11, 53 yards. Yeah, 53 yards is so bad. That's even worse. You'd rather <laughs> him be inaccurate taking bombs instead I, I of doing was, dump passes and getting I think it was very clear that they're tipped. saving their play. It's very clear they're saving their playbook for their ta- hostile takeover of the Big 12. I will uh, say this, but last time we followed the whales, things ended up very poorly. Let me remind you about that. The whales <laughs> led us astray. They led us out to sea in a nice stormy, stormy Stormy, stormy riptide that ripped our ship down and ripped us <laughs> And apart. I knew that storm was coming, and I went right back into the waves. <laughs> Incredible. I will, I will say, I've said my piece on on Dave Aranda, but I guess now it has kind of been proven after this week one that maybe Coach O was really good, and maybe Dave Aranda was just riding his coattails. So you never know. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to what some people think is the game yes. of the week. Yes. The Alabama Crimson Tide heading down to Austin in a future SEC showdown. Tide favored by 20 and a number that is just continuing to balloon by the hour. And uh, I don't know, we, we, we caught it at 20, so I feel like we're doing ourselves a favor, perhaps. Blake, I'll let you kick this one off. Uh, who do you like? I won't take long on this pick, but I think this is this is called a business pick. This is called the casinos covering their asses because they know everybody and their mother is going to slam Alabama. Give me the horns. The number is too high. They put the number too high because they knew idiots would slam Alabama just for beating Alabama. I am taking the horns. I think this is a touchdown too high. Honestly, I think it's a little bit disgraceful. It's disgraceful that you would think that in a good home atmosphere like Austin, Texas, that they could set the number at 20 with backdoor potential. I disagree. They're just trying to cover their butts whenever they lose, like when all the bets come in on Alabama. So give me the horns this weekend. Wow. Okay. Damn. Jameson, who do you have? Um, You know, I thought about it. I really did. I thought oh my about God. Texas. No way. Um, but I I can't do it. I I just can't do it. I take them out right. Take them out right. Uh, if you take Texas I, out right, we'll give you four wins worth for your record. Do it. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm I'm still going back and forth on it right now. I picked Texas in my Big Twelve championship. I'm flat out saying that, but it's just this game. Just give me Texas. No way. Really. Yes, really. Y'all are making I, it, I, I, there I, we I go. Make it I got. I got. The number's too big, easy. Bobby. The number's too big. This number's not too big. This number's not too big at all. I think Alabama rolls into Austin and clobbers Texas. I think this is a situation where y'all are just overthinking this one, and I, I get it. It's dangerous. It's a home environment, but it's Texas, and 
I just don't see it. I, I think Alabama is too big, too physical, too good. They're on a different plane entirely from hell, even like OU, even like most teams in the country. Uh, and I, I personally think that, you know, let's be honest, Texas is a like home environment. Ain't that, ain't that special. They got a lot of people. They get, they got a big, big stadium, but it ain't, it, it's not, it's not what, it, what Alabama is used to running into. It's a wine and cheese crowd. That's going to get, you know, tired the first second that Alabama really sets this thing off. They, they get up 14 points. That crowd is done for. I think Will Anderson's too damn good on defense. I think Bryce Young and that Alabama offense are, are, are too sharp. And everyone, you know, we keep forgetting Saban doesn't really usually lose to his assistants. And uh, not to not to use a, a phrase that ties are used in the podcast already, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sark ain't that guy. Um, Saban's going to be more than fine here. I think they roll into town, beat Texas, show them welcome to the SEC. That's what you get for putting our band in a, or trying to put our band in a tiny little spot in the upper deck. Screw y'all. I think they overreacted are... like no other to that. I'm like, that's what they've been doing for years. And then Alabama okay. has to get all high and mighty, like, oh, our band's better. No, your band's just a normal band. So like, to be it... fair, to be fair, to be fair, Texas's band location is BS. Same with TCU's, in fact. I'll say that as well. T- TCU puts people up in the in the shelves, and I I don't like that. I, I I feel like the band should be at a reasonable spot as well as the visitors. I think that's totally fine. I have no problem with that. I think I think hospitality is important. Could be mean everywhere else, but I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Anyways, that's I, why yeah, you never Alabama. buy visitors tickets, folks. I bought visitor tickets many years, and it's always great. Except for it's, Texas no, Tech. it's. I was the first person in line for the OUTCU tickets the year after our chance that we almost made the college football playoff. And being the first person meant I was right behind the tubas at OSU Stadium. Don't buy it. Just go on the aftermarket. Get some good tickets where you want to set up because you usually get put in BS locations and they'll put the band in front of you and it sucks. It sucks. OSU, okay, yeah, no, they do put you in front of the, they did put you in front of the tubas. That is a thing they'll do. So, you know, that's, that's whatever. That's probably, they're just going by whatever, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going with, Al- going with Alabama here. Ty, who do you got? Yeah, I, so I got confused for a second. You guys were literally arguing about bands. I thought the graphic was wrong and we were talking about Big Ten teams. Uh, I will say, to OSU's credit, I sat directly in front of the band one year and it was amazing. Shout out to, uh, what what year was that? 2020, I guess. Uh, our band director at the time, uh, it, our, our friend of Bobby and I's that we sat with, we were like picking the song. Like he let us pick a few songs. Like, hey, can you guys play this? And also, did y'all play Boomer Sooner? Great, did you just pick very, that? Like, <laughs> like yeah, what year? Yeah, no, play a, Boomer Sooner. <laughs> it was a really, really, it was a really good time. It was loud, but uh, you know, interact. If you're right, like we were right in front of the band to the point where like. The band director was sitting on our aisle and standing up and facing. If you're in that situation, interact with them. It's really cool. Uh, But yeah, you guys brought up a good point with does UT have a home advantage here? I know some people are talking about it in the comments, but here's the thing to remember. UT is in Austin. And what do we know about people that live in Austin? Well, everything you need to know about people that live in Austin, you saw last week when you watched UCLA play at home with no one in the stands. Much like Los Angeles, everyone in Austin is from Los Angeles. So they're not going to want to come to the games because California fans don't like to go to the games in person for whatever reason. 
uh, if they even exist. So I don't even know if there's even going to be anyone in the stadium because no one from California goes to football games. So I don't expect any team in Austin to have any sort of home field advantage. Uh, what else did I have? All of that. Oh, one more quick note. Um, just to clear up confusion, I said if Jamison picked Texas outright, which means just to straight up win, uh, we can no way in hell he's I'm not getting that. he's not getting four no wins uh, for mm -hmm. for cover for Texas to to cover. No, 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 uh, no, no on no. a twenty point line. But give me the tide. I made this sign. It stands for Roll My Fabulous Tide uh, because we're an advertiser friendly podcast. Shout out to DraftKings and uh, Raycon earbuds. Uh, but yeah, I, I, give me the tide. The tide would just absolutely embarrass the random team that they played the other day, but they let off the gas and still won. They covered by like 50 something Texas, their beloved quarterback. That's supposed to be the greatest quarterback to ever play in the state of Texas since Johnny Manziel uh, at the college level went out there through an incompletion and then a pick to start his his college tenure at Texas and then finished with two touchdowns, one pick. He is, he's not like if, if this turns out into a quarterback battle, I think that Bama has the quarterback battle advantage by 28. So give me the tide here to, to take this one. I think they take it easy. Uh, well, I think they take the, the cover easily. I don't think they take it easy on Texas because there's no motivation to take. There's no motivation to, to get off the gas. I mean, if they're truly up, up, they'll put some other people in, uh, in the fourth quarter, but you know when you're talking about a big marquee, the biggest matchup of of the season so far, big brand on big brand, big recruiting battle on big recruiting battle, Alabama has every reason to get this to 35 to 42 in terms of the point differential. Can they do that? I don't know, but I think that they could pretty comfortably, even if Texas pulls out all the stops, I think Bama can pretty comfortably get it to a 21 point point differential so if we're picking 20 give me the tide there you go you have it it's a split decision let's move on to our next game the game that everybody wants to watch it's a kent state golden flashes traveling to norman to take on the oklahoma sooners in their tour around america collecting bags all every stop they went to washington played pretty good now they're in Norman. They're spending the week in uh, in Tulsa for some reason. Next uh, in a couple of weeks, they're going to go to Georgia, collect a bag there. But can 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 they collect a cover? This one is on ESPN Plus, everyone's favorite streaming platform, number one rated uh, by the Schooner Pod. Uh, and after this one, you can check out the 1995 OU basketball team playing uh, OSU. It's great. They have cool shorts. Uh, big endorse that. Um, Ty. What do you think about this one? Uh, do you think do you think 23 and a half is a little too big here? Do you think that line's too tough? What do you think? I would love 23. I don't and think half. I don't think 23 and a half is too big. Uh, 32 and a I half. Just, I'm just I also I think no, I wasn't I wasn't even. Uh, but yeah, I like 32 and a half uh, as well. I think it's pretty reasonable. OU, I think a lot of people were disappointed in our performance. We did cover last week, but uh, a lot of people, you know, um, UTSA was a team coming into to OU or UTAP was a team coming into OU. I'm I, that was not not trying to be a bit. Uh, there, I just generally get those teams confused. 
uh, whoever we played, we did have that experience with watching them play North Texas and and a disappointing performance there and, and maybe some different expectations for, for coming in. But it was still OU's first game. We saw what we could do. We have a whole podcast discussing and, and digesting that one. So I'll keep it short. OU, give me the LED lights. Give me, uh, if depending on the side of the stadium you're on, you're going to have decent weather thanks to shade uh, for the first half, and then everyone will have decent weather in, in the second half. Obviously, it's sort of our pay-per-view, but that's a little better. But, yeah, I think I think OU has it in us uh, at, in a home field advantage. And I think it's going to be maybe even a better atmosphere than last week. I wasn't there last week, but I'll be there for this one. So I hope it's a good atmosphere. I know it will be. But I think uh, I think we have it in us. Um, really, it's a matter of do we have do we have the heart and sort of the, the will to stay on the gas? Because like I said in our last pod, I think maybe we took off the gas and didn't have a whole lot of motivation to stay on it in the last one once we were up. So we'll see Brent Venables as a head coach. Every head coach sort of has their threshold for how willing they are to stay on the gas, especially especially against a team uh, like this. You know, a lot of coaches feel weird about keeping the gas on when you're up by four touchdowns. So uh, we'll see, but I like OU. I'm going to zag here. I like Kent State to cover this. I'm not kidding. I think <laughs> I think they have a bit of a, like a high tempo offense. I think Bobby just wants that. Bobby, if you just want to do a nine nine nine, you can. You don't have to throw the season. I'm telling you, nothing. I think Kent State covers it. The twenty three or sorry, thirty two and a half is a lot of points. <laughs> what, what's so funny, Blake? What's so funny, Blake? <laughs> unmute, 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 Blake. What what did I do? What's funny? What is this? <laughs> I, think is this I think Kent State covers 32 and a half. I think, I think the this? offense moves enough. What is this? <laughs> it's I don't even know what he's saying. I think they, I think they backdoor. I think they backdoor on this. I, I'm not, like backdoor what when they're up by like, oh, use up by 70 to zero? What? <laughs> No, I think they find a way, man. I'm telling you. I think OU I think OU trips up. I look, sometimes college football makes no sense. OU sometimes struggles with these massive lines. And I think Kent State finds a way to cover. They they, they didn't roll over against uh Washington, I guess. I have a weird feeling that Kent State's gonna cover. I've seen it happen. I, I lost a lot on picking OU in massive lines last year. This feels like a weird one. OU barely covered UTEP. They, I just, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about Kent State here. And I might, this might, look, yeah, cold take alert me to hell here. I just have a weird feeling. I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to be closer than 32 and a half, which shouldn't be too wild. It just seems a little bit, a little bit much. I think Kent State finds a way. Blake is dying over here. Blake, not Blake I will give you the option to make your pick right now because I need to hear it now. Any team that makes Michael Penix Jr. have the best QB rating rolling out of the pocket with accuracy does not deserve to ever, ever, ever be picked. You're telling me that Michael Penix Jr. and the Washington Huskies covered against this Kent State team last year and somehow a better OU team, more 
this year, last week, sorry, more disciplined OU team is gonna somehow not cover this spread. This is ridiculous. This Kent State team plays fast, which means they play fast to then turn over the ball because they cannot move it against these FBS programs. They cannot move it against the Power 5 teams. They're saving their entire playbook for when the max schedule starts while they just collect the bag in the non-conference. They play a vanilla offense. They made Michael Penix Jr. remember that. Look good. There is no way Dylan Gabriel and company does not cover the spread. I am so confident about this pick. This might be one of my picks of the week oh my god there's no way you could pay me enough money to sweat out kin state plus 32 and a half there is no way this is a horrendously bad pick by bobby i know like some of the bigger spreads seven blake this is bad dude i sent you i sent you the stats last week michael penix jr led the league in something besides interceptions and injuries like what? Like, and you're backing this team. Get get me out of here. Get me out of here. I want OU minus 32 and a half. Bobby, bad pick, automatic loss. We'll see. We'll see. Jameson, what do you got? I think you must have forgotten that Dustin Haram is no longer there as Kent State's quarterback. <laughs> uh, that is a major deciding factor of while I'm slamming Oklahoma here. I think Dylan Gabriel's pissed about how he played last week. And he played really well. But I think he's pissed. Uh, he was inaccurate and people like me and there's a lot of other people are talking about is he a type of guy that i can believe in in deep field passing and does he have the accuracy of past oklahoma quarterbacks and knowing his personality he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's going to take it out on the poor kent state team and i think we run up the score here win by 40 plus bad pick bobby at it again We'll see. That was we'll see. bad, Bobby. You're just it's you're not over yet. It it. Hasn't even st- you... The game hasn't even started yet. Why even start it? Why even start it? <laughs> it's 32 and a half. It's not that much. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But uh let's move on to our favorite Can pick State of the week. Probably has to score, you know that, right? <sighs> okay, well, here we go. Let's get let's go ahead and uh get the wild card on. Oh, yeah, the brakes working. All right, so I know Jameson just went, but keeping with the loop, like you start us off with your first wild card. Honestly, so many tasty, tasty wild card picks that could possibly happen. I, I definitely looked at Arizona, Mississippi State, Arizona. Bless them, bless them. Beat those poor school down in San Diego State. That's not even a state. But beat them down as a six and a half point dogs. Give it to them. Round of applause. Put them away. But we're not going to choose them. Neither are we going to choose some Boise or, sorry, some Fresno State, Oregon State. That's a tasty one, too. I love me some Mountain West. You know I do. I love me some Fresno State, some Jake Hayner. But I'm going somewhere different in the Mountain West. And Noah, I'm not going back to Boco this week. Plus 11. The UNLV running Rebs are going to cover against the Cal Golden Bears. Cal Golden Bears is the least electric team in the nation. They suck. They honestly, like I watched them last year, they came to TCU. Can't move the ball worth crap. Defense is good. But man, oh man, let me tell you about one thing. Or I guess it's two things in this instance. It's that Doug Brumfeld-Ricky White combination. Ricky White, a... 
Michigan State transfer who was burning the Big Ten is now in the Mountain West. And Doug Brumfeld, my savior of UNLV over, what was it, one and a half, two and a half wins last year. The man's an electric quarterback. Ricky White, electric wide receiver, averaged over 20 yards per catch versus Idaho State. There's only one team covering here. It's the UNLV running Rebs. Give me that plus 11. Okay, wow. There you go. The Rebs plus 11 against Cal. Uh, Jameson, what do you got? I would just like to talk about uh, that Texas State is a 14-point favorite going into this week after what they just showed versus Nevada. That's tasty. Just because because I'm thinking about it, but I'm just going to let this um, go to the wayside because I'm looking out for Texas State's football program right now. When I pick them, bad things go on. They need this win. They don't need anything crazy to happen versus Florida International. Florida International had to go for two in overtime versus Bryant FCS team to win their game. I feel good in Texas State, but I'm going to stay away for their sake. Let it simmer for a little bit, and we'll visit them later. I've just got to talk up for a matchup that I felt like it was extremely disrespected by Bobby when he made the slate. How dare he not put a Big 12 matchup, West Virginia and Kansas? How dare he? West Virginia minus he started, 13 he said, and a half. We pick, every, we pick every Big 12 game. That's what and I said at the start of the, the season. First, isn't it the first, the first Big 12? Our it's slate 12. has always been. Our slate has always been that we pick every Big 12 We've game. He left Texas off last week. I had, to, I had to wild card my, your, the nation's Texas Longhorns to get Wait, him on the slate. And right, I we've won, been going for an hour and 13 minutes on 10 picks. I can't fit every Big 12 game in, or else we'll be mm-hmm. going. No, we shouldn't like do two non-conference then. All, you shouldn't do I'm... dumb things like picking Kent State. That caused a <laughs> lot of time <laughs> delay. We could have gone easily around the horn. OU, 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 better team, better team, better team. But fair yeah, enough, we're still enough, here. Fair enough. All right, let's just keep going with it. Jameson. West Virginia minus 13 and a half, 13 and a half points uh, versus Kansas. I think people are looking like, oh, look, Kansas, they got a pretty good team this year. They went out versus whoever it was, Tennessee Tech or somebody. I can't even remember and put up some points. And everyone's like, oh, Daniel's the quarterback. He's changed it. He's changed for this Kansas team. Same old Kansas. I don't want to hear this. Lance Leipold is like the sixth best coach in the Big 12, whoever made that bum pull. And put Brock, gambling gauchos uh, <laughs> yeah and put venables at eight or something i i don't know if that's the exact ranking it was just stupid give me west virginia at home west virginia at home as a 13 and a half point favorite versus kansas come on now i really like that pick i really like that pick i don't know what about the bean man though the Bean Man You're isn't playing anymore. I'm, my allegiance to Kansas is gone. They've abandoned him, and I'm abandoning Kansas. They've abandoned the Bean. That's, that's sad. Sad but we Bean. Haven't. Sad Bean. <laughs> Why did you have that pulled up ready to go? That New looks like a, so sad. That looks like a kidney that died of alcohol poisoning. Sad Bean. <laughs> oh, look. That's a kindness. That no, looked like a no. bird that used to be happy. Oh my god. No, all no. Right. Sad bean. <laughs> sad bean pick. Those are all kidneys. <laughs> this is emo bean, but okay, that's sad a bean nonetheless. What kind of bean is that even supposed to be? That's a kidney. There are things okay. called kidney beans, Ty. They exist. 
acknowledge kidney beans. Okay, let's this move is, on. This is what I'm going to clip for their, our Twitter advertisement for the weekend spread for this week. I love it. Let's just confuse the hell out of them. I love it. Um, all right, here's my pick. So I, I've been bouncing around a couple, but the one I like the most. Uh, I like Arkansas minus eight and a half against South Carolina. Um, look, I Arkansas went out, beat a very, very solid team in you know Cincinnati last week. And then, you know, you, you look at South Carolina, you're like, oh, they put up some number, some numbers, you know, offensively, you know, whatever. You know, they put up like, I don't know, 35 points on, you know, Georgia Southern. Not a bad, you know, group of five team. But if you really look at it, you know, what caused them to really take that leap in that third quarter into the fourth quarter? They had two punt blocks for touchdowns. So for me, I feel like the South Carolina line was overinflated or looked like the result was overinflated. And then you look at the Arkansas result. And, you know, you had a later Cincinnati touchdown that, uh, you know, came in. So for me, it's like, for me, I feel like Arkansas can be a bit, you know, can be a little bit better. Give them a little, give them two more points on this. I like, I like the hogs to win at home. So give me Arkansas here um, to get the dub and cover in half against South Carolina. That's my pick. So here's the thing. It was a tremendous advantage to the rest of the slate that I picked last this week because I knew that I was picking last, but if I, I I thought about this beforehand and I knew that if I picked first, if I went first, I would have to, because I can afford to do this because I'm in the lead right now on the standings, go with Texas State because I knew, I knew that if I went before Jamison and Blake and gave an impassioned speech about our Texas State Boko the Bobcats and pick them that they would be forced to and I would lead them all into a loss and I could afford to take that loss and and they would but I did not and just so bolster Bobby's standing and don't what you I'm want to saying, see Bobby eat what the I'm hot dogs saying is well no Bobby's trying to eat the hot dogs I mean I don't I think you'd have to fight Bobby <laughs> not to eat the hot dogs based on his picks uh but yeah so I'm a villain in the in the podcast I I like being the villain here's the thing I'm not a big enough villain to pick against my Navy midshipmen who lost last week to uh, Delaware, which I don't even think is D1, which is ridiculously embarrassing. Also, they're getting paid, like not just NIL, they're just straight up salaried players thanks to your tax money. So uh, call your senators about why Navy football isn't better because Air Force and Army are doing great. Um, But I am a villain in the podcast sphere. Sometimes it's fun to be the villain. Sometimes it's fun to root for the villain. You watch uh, Secession, you like Logan Roy. You can't not like Logan. You watch Westworld, you like William. You watch... You you don't like... You don't think William is a good character? He's not at least an intro. I'm not rooting for him. Please tell me. You don't like Logan Roy? So if if Logan Roy was just not in Secession, you'd still watch it? If it was just a bunch of... Not really rooting for him, though. I didn't say I was rooting for them. I said you like watching them. It's different. It's entertainment. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. What is Star Wars without Darth Vader? What is... You know, that's a better way of saying it. I'm not rooting for them, but what is... I've never seen the Avengers, but I know that there's the purple... Dwayne Johnson character that's the villain probably wouldn't be as interesting without him. It's not that interesting at all. I know. Cause I haven't seen it. Uh, Top gun wouldn't be interesting if it weren't for constant camera shots, trying to accommodate for the fact that Tom Cruise is five, two. Okay. That was the villain in that movie. But so I wanted to go with, with a villain pick. 
And at first I thought, because I believe in them now, I believe in them in a sick way. I believe in Texas A&M. I believe in their 18 and a half point line against Appalachian State. And I said, what a better villain pick for the podcast than to go against everyone's beloved Yusuf to twist the knife for no reason. I don't even care about Yosef and Appalachian State. And I don't really care that much for Texas A&M. I think I'm generally negative to Texas A&M. I think their coach has a funny name. And I think Johnny Manziel is one of the greatest college football players to ever do it. But I didn't like doing that because the only reason I didn't do it is because there's an even even bigger villain. There is an even bigger villain with an even juicier layup of a line. That's right. Give me the 2021 Oklahoma Sooners. I'm talking about USC. Give me USC. I'll be a Trojan fan for the weekend just to be the villain. Because what's a good show without a villain? Give me USC. Shout out to our buddy Ford. I know he doesn't listen. But uh, give me the USC Trojans minus eight and a half. As of right now on DraftKings, I, we do lock in the rest of the lines beforehand. These ones are locked in a little bit later in the day. So sometimes they, they shift from when we locked on the big ones. I'm looking at DraftKings right now. You guys can verify it's at eight and a half. Because uh, I think that was at eight shift. earlier today, though. Give, give me the trojans all right there you go say good night to the bad guy there i like it i like it yeah you probably Anything? saved yourself watching that texas a&m game appalachian state mean? so overrated everyone knew that yeah. north carolina was gonna win that one Ooh. you never saw this coming i summoned pot of green whoa 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 time out forced time out time out forced me to do it no, I'm Do calling it. a timeout. Do I'm it. calling a timeout. I'm calling a timeout. I need someone to review this. I thought the standing rule, because I, I did not, for the listeners and for the viewers, I did not summon my pot of greed. And Please I'm let sure him the do rule this. Is, I'm pretty sure, okay, yeah, I'll let him do yeah, this. You're allowed to do vengeful. You're allowed to You're allowed to do vengeful pot of greed. I was going to say, gonna say he's, I don't think he's allowed to do it, but I completely forgot if Bobby's going to shoot himself in the foot. He has summoned the pot. I'm summoning pot of greed out of principle. Sometimes a man has to stand up for what he believes in. And I believe in Yosef. I don't care if I'm digging myself a hole. I summon pot of greed to vouch for Yosef and pivot and pick Wake Forest minus 13 and a half against Vanderbilt. Gross. Oh, what? Yeah. Come on. Boo. Oh, my God. There you go. That's a villain move right there. Sam Hartman back. I think Vanderbilt's overrated. They beat a bad, bad Hawaii The dude just had a tumor in his arm. He'll find a way. He'll shake it off. Not a tumor. Excuse me. A blood clot. Oh, my God. I just said tumor online. Okay. Even the doctors are failing us these days. What does society have to open? Do your own research. Do your own research. I actually just did a lot of research on that injury. Oh my god! Okay, just carry on. Go. Ahead. Even the doctors aren't doing enough research. People do your own. I think, I think I think Wake's a solid team, and with Sam Hartman there, I think they're going to be boosted a little bit. So if he plays, I think that'll be a boost. I think Vanderbilt's still a little bit overhyped here. So give me Wake. 
I know. A little bit of a letdown there. Not yeah. going. They okay, already so boosted now, like a significant amount. I still amount think, I still think you're going to lose it, but I still feel like I should challenge because that wasn't a retaliation or a vengeful pot of grief. So, that was clearly that so was just a weird. That was just a weird dramatic. Weird. It was a premeditated pot of greed that was nope. not used when he had. Do you throw it? Do you, do you want me nope. to throw guys, it away? Guys, let him do it. No, let him do it. We'll let him do it. We'll let you do it. Let the man do it. Yeah, I, but it, I, feel, I feel like it's no, 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 automatic no, 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 now. I feel no, like I just want it on the record. No, I just want it. You, you you're locked in. Because you, you, you hit us with it. You're locked in. You zigzagged in us. Yeah. You zigzagged you. But it wasn't good. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was convincing. That was the least. It was there, Bobby, like, you would. No one had any idea what was going on, but it wasn't a good storyline. You would be the worst WWE wrestler. Like, you were supposed to cut a promo right there, and you just did some, like, stuff that left the fans wondering, like, oh, like, what? It's like some, it's it's just like some really bad, like, subversive stuff. But I actually really do like that one. I was thinking about using Pot of Green on Wake, but. I had a couple pot of no, green candidates. You, you, you did use but it on Wake. No, no, no. No, I was saying I was thinking about it before I was thinking about it before the show. Before, like I was thinking about that before the show, and yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all so over. So no, I like we've established the precedent, right? That as long as the podcast is still going, the pot you of can green summon is in play it. during the what as long as yeah, okay. All right. As so we established just, the precedent. Eight, there's nothing just up for ten, discussion now. Yeah. It's ten billion times more entertaining if you do it in uh, vengeful manner, which Bobby was implying, but or then zigzag and just did like a random pick that we didn't talk about. But well, okay, well, whatever. E- this, one's, this one's ruined. Let's let's send it back. Send it back. Whatever, but not really because it's on there. So pot agreed. It's all good. Well, this is a bummer. I'm sorry for ruining everything. But anyways, uh, let's just wrap this one. All right. For me, Jameson, Ty, and Boat and Blake, this has been the weekend spread. We'd like to say thanks to our partners at TPPN and DraftKings Sportsbook, as well as uh, Raycon. Make sure to shout those out. See what's up in uh, in the show notes as well. So, all right. Well, that's been our show this week. We'll see you in a couple days when we break down OU and Kent State. Till then, I've been uh, your host, Bobby Howard. Have a good weekend, everyone, and uh, good luck out there.